Good morning, everyone. It is Sunday, and I have a, a sermon for you that actually I've been wanting to preach for a while, but I've been waiting for God to give me the go-ahead, and He has. So let's pray. Lord, thank you for this message that you have blessed us with. Please, Lord, let me speak the words that you want me to speak. Let everyone receive these words as you are freely giving them. And Father, let your spirit move through all of us together as we as we accept the word that you are giving, Lord. Jesus said, where two or more are gathered, I am there in the midst of them. So, Lord, please be here now in the midst of us. We love you, Lord. We praise you. We ask and pray all of this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. All right. The name of this sermon is Present, Present Your Bodies as a Living Sacrifice. So we're going to start out in Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, I'm going to read verse 1 through 5. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 through 5. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. A living sacrifice. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members of one another. So, what did Paul mean when he said, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Well, he goes on in verse 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So, what Paul is saying is, we are to become living sacrifices. In, of, of old, in old times, the people would sacrifice animals, the blood of animals, to make themselves right with God. It was not a full forgiveness. It made them right with God, but the sin was not totally forgiven. And then Jesus, He paid the price for our sin. He died so that we live. And then He resurrected. And through that resurrection, we are reborn in the Spirit. And we, being reborn in the Spirit, must commit ourselves to living for Jesus. Living for God. Serving God. Living our lives. I'm sorry. Living our lives for Him. Living our lives for Jesus. So, that is a living sacrifice. We are sacrificing our worldly lives. Sacrificing 
and the money and the cars and 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 the stuff sacrificing working our fingers to the bone just for the bread that goes into our mouth just for the electricity that heats our houses just to to draw another breath living for this world we we commit to giving up living for this world does that mean that we shouldn't work so that we can eat our own bread no does that mean we shouldn't work so that we can have electricity so that we can have heat so that we can have water and and be able to bathe ourselves and be able to get from point a to point b and to be able to help our neighbor does that mean that we shouldn't work and we shouldn't do all these things in order to live no that's not what that means that means that we are living for Jesus. So before, we were living just to live. I mean, what what is life without Jesus? Life is living each day for the next day. That's what life is. Without Jesus Christ, living is just to live. I asked a friend of mine, I'm not going to name him, but I asked him one day, before he accepted Christ in his heart, I said, what are you living for? What do you mean? Well, what do you go to work for? Uh, so that I can pay my bills. And and also what? So you can drive your car? Yeah. And so you, so you can eat? Well, yeah. Okay. So what are you living for? Uh, to live. You're living to live. You're working to live. You eat so that you can live. We we breathe so that we have breath in our lungs and we live. Every day without Jesus is living just to live to the next day. But if we're living for Jesus Christ, we become living sacrifices. Sacrificing what we were living for before and now living for Him. But I'm still doing all the same stuff, but the goal is for Him. So instead of just living to live and going through the motions every single day, now, okay, so you work to pay your bills, you work to have food in your tummy, you work to be able to draw that next breath, but every breath that you draw is for Jesus. Your extra money that you used to save so you could go buy, you know, all the stuff that you want. All the, all the video games and, and, you know, being able to buy new wheels for your car or being able to buy a bigger house or being able to live in a nicer neighborhood. Now maybe you use that extra money to tithe to your local church. Or use that extra money to give to that homeless man down the street. Or use your extra money to help that, that needy family. Or maybe use your extra money to donate to a mission so that you know kids overseas have a life. Maybe you donate so other people's lives are greater. Maybe you even take some of that money and you 
go buy you some Bibles and you go stand on a corner and you start sharing with everyone that passes the glory and the truth that Jesus Christ is Lord, that He came into this world to save us. And all you have to do is believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, that He came to save us from living in this world, for this world. If you live for this world, it leads to death and damnation and destruction. But if you live for Jesus, if everything you do is with Him as the forefront, everything you do, before you go to work, you think about Jesus, you pray to Jesus. When you talk to your friends, instead of cutting up and telling dirty jokes and talking about video games, instead, you talk about Jesus. You share where you're reading in the Bible. You share how you're witnessing to others. Living your life for Him. Presenting your bodies as a living sacrifice to Him. Living for Jesus. Not living for this world. Living for Jesus leads to more life. Living for this world leads to death and damnation and destruction. It leads to living in eternal awfulness. This isn't a hellfire and brimstone sermon. This is a living, truly living sermon. And None of us can truly live without Jesus Christ. Let's go to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. I'm going to read verse 10 through 22. Colossians chapter 1 verse 10 through 22. That ye may walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power, unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet, able, which hath made us able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. In whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Praise God. Only through forgiveness of sin can we receive the promise which is eternal life in heaven with God because you cannot have sin you cannot be sin you cannot have be filled with sin and be in heaven that's why Satan and, and all the fallen angels were cast to earth because they sinned against God and sinners cannot be in heaven who is the image of the invisible God, verse 15, the firstborn of every creature. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. To look upon God is to see Jesus. 
verse 16, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by Jesus and for Jesus. Jesus was God, and the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. And everything was created through him and for him. And nothing that was created was created without Jesus. That's John chapter 1. Verse 17, And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Every single child of God is reborn in the Spirit. We are reborn. New creations before God. Newborns in the Spirit as babies of earth, but instead, babies, children of God. That's where that comes from. We are children of God. We are reborn anew as children. Jesus said, you must be as a child to enter into the kingdom of heaven. We are children of God. Verse 19, For it pleased the Father that in him Jesus should all fullness dwell, and having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. Jesus was, was born as a man, but he was God in the beginning, beyond, before the beginning, everlasting to everlasting. He is God, but he was also born as a man. And he was made a little lower than the angels so that he could die for us. But upon his death, he became great again. Upon his death and resurrection, he, be, he reclaimed his throne as the word of God. He reclaimed all that he had before, the dominion that he had before, with the Father and the Holy Spirit, never disconnected from God, but for just a moment when he became sin, for just a moment when he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? For but a moment he was disconnected from the Father, for but a moment. But even then, he was still fully man and fully God. And that moment was, long, was the longest point in time that will ever be to Jesus. Because he is a part of the Holy Trinity. He is the great and mighty God. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. For unto us a child is born, for unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name is Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, 
Prince of Peace. Jesus Christ is the mighty God. His name is the Everlasting Father. His name is Prince of Peace. He is the one God. He is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Three beings, but one God. All one, and yet three. I know, makes your brain hurt when you think about it. They're all three individual beings, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But they are all three. They all make up the Godhead, the one God, almighty God. Verse 21, And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. You are reborn in the spirit and now you are unblameable before God. You are upright and righteous before God. To make no mistake, these bodies, they are still full of sin and we must constantly repent. We must constantly repent for the sins that we stumble into. But we must present ourselves, our bodies, as living sacrifices, which means we no longer choose the world. We no longer choose sin. We choose only God. And when we stumble into sin, we repent, we ask for forgiveness, and we stand back up and we climb back upon the path that God has before us. And we reclaim that unblameable state that unreprovable state, that upright and righteous state where we are living for Jesus only and not living for the things of this world. Colossians chapter 3. I'm going to read verse 11 through 17. Colossians chapter 3, verse 11 through 17. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. There's no black, there's no white, there's no creed, there's no color, there's no rich, there's no poor, there's no, oh, well, you know, I don't like him because, you know, he's got a big nose on his face, or, uh, well, I don't like her because she talks funny. There's none of that. There is no race, creed, color. There is none of this fleshly stuff that we judge each other by. There is only Jesus, and we are all part of the one body of Christ. If you believe in Jesus, you choose him, and you choose no longer to judge others, knowing that he is the only judge. You choose to keep his commandments. You choose to love him as the number one. And then you choose to love one another as he loves us. And his love is perfect, folks. So we got to try hard. Verse 12, put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do. 
and above all these things put on charity, which is love, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Praise you, Lord God Almighty. We praise and glorify you in your loving kindness that you have poured out upon us, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 17, And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him, living for Jesus. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice unto Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Unto God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Almighty God, live for Him and sacrifice all of the stuff in this world that before you knew Jesus you lived for no longer living for any of the things of this world, no longer living for the lusts of this body, even to hunger, even to thirst, living, hungering, and thirsting only for God. When Satan tempted Jesus, he said, take these stones and turn them to bread that you may eat. Jesus said, it is written, that man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this sermon, for this message, for this word. Please let it be received, Lord, as you have freely given it. Thank you, Lord, for this message. Thank you for this calling. Thank you for ordaining me as a, as a minister, as a preacher, as a teacher of God, a man of God. Lord, thank you so much for your loving kindness and your grace and your mercy. Thank you, Lord. For all of those who will hear this message and believe and know and understand that Jesus Christ is Lord, that He is the way, the truth, and the life, and only living for you, Lord God, leads to life. Thank you so much. I love you so much. I ask and pray all of these things in humbleness before you, Lord God, submitting unto your will, unto your mercy, unto your grace, submitting unto you, unto your absolute dominion. You are God omnipotent. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. God bless you.